0: Hi there. My name is John Paul Kermy. I am a breathwork teacher. I train people on how to teach breathwork as well. I'm really excited to be doing this new podcast with my good friend, Feldy, called Hangups, where we're going to help you change your life. We're going to show you how to transform your life with different tools. That's right. I'm John Feldman. I'm in a band called
1: Goldfinger. John Paul taught me breathwork. It changed my life. I have struggled with anxiety and depression throughout my life, and I've gotten through it. This is a solution-based show. We're talking about solutions to problems today.
0: Okay, everybody. I'm super excited today because we have this extraordinary human being today on the podcast, Panash Desai. He is the author of two international best-selling novels, Uh, You Are Enough and Discovering Your Soul Signature. He's also been on Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul Sunday, and I'm so honored to call him a friend and a mentor I can't wait to dive into the podcast today and get into it, Panache, because he always gives me some incredible jewels to take away. And if you haven't discovered him, you should definitely discover it. He's been doing this incredible meditation on, uh, online every morning since the shutdown started, right? Every single morning you've been doing a meditation. Let's talk about. Let's start with that because I think that that's amazing that you just dove right in and decided I'm going to do a free guided meditation for humans all over the planet every day, every single morning. What time is that at? And then, like, where do you find that meditation? Because I think people need that, and that's what the show is about. The show is about giving people tools to really help them. I started. I started my day
1: with um, with a big spoonful of Nutella. So I'm just. Just to be in line with you, Panache. It's just...
2: great, bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> tell me about tell me about the Felby. That was that wonderful. Anything else? Anything else that you'd love to <laughs> share at <it> this time?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was my morning routine today. But you usually
0: do meditate
1: every day, don't you? I do. Yeah, usually I do. Yeah, I went to the beach. I went for a run. I said I love my life out loud because I truly do love my life. And when I don't love my life, I say it even louder because I got to trick my brain sometimes into believing what I don't believe. But I have a life beyond anything I could have ever imagined. And I do love my life.
2: That's beautiful. Aww. I'll have, to, I'll have to try the Nutella hit first thing in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to sneak it while the kids are still sleeping.
0: Yeah, because you don't want them to get some. No. Um, so, Panash, you started doing these meditations every day and you're guiding people through, which is amazing. I saw something on your uh, feed the other day and it said triggered, right? Yeah. Everyone is triggered right now. 2020
2: and- is Trigger Fest. You cannot say anything without upsetting somebody. Do you all think you have that's to do because is because the...
0: everyone's just home isolating and not taking very great care of themselves, or not. A lot of people aren't taking good care of themselves, and they're seeing all this shit online, and the and the stuff online that they're seeing is just triggering the, the hell out of them. Is that what you think's going on?
2: I think what's going on is basically we're being forced to become accountable and responsible for what's unresolved inside of us, and everything outside of it's just activating all of that. Like you know, for example, this whole thing about a mask, right? Do I wear a mask? Do I not wear a mask? If I wear a mask, am I complicit to the global cabal that's trying to take over the world? What do I do? You know, is there a global cabal trying to take over the world? You know, <laughs> is there a COVID-19? Is there not a COVID-19? You know, where am I with this? The infection rates are going up, the mortality rates going down. Everyone that I'm speaking to has a different opinion about this COVID-19 mask scenario. And it's just overwhelming and it's confusing and it's just an inundation of information that we as individuals cannot process. And it's one of the main reasons why I started the meditation. Because if we're, unless we're calm, and unless we're able to find a sense of peace inside of ourselves, we're just constantly in fight or flight and we're unable to respond to what's happening. So in this age of being bombarded by everyone's opinion, everyone's an expert, everyone has an idea, we've got conspiracy theories on this end, we've got people that are towing the regular line on this end, and it's all just a mishmash of data that we can't process. Mm. So what's the truth? The truth is that which makes us feel the most peaceful. So going through uh, several crises before, I discovered that the thing that we immediately had to do because I pivoted off of a book tour, right? So the book became a national bestseller, boom, Coronaville, next thing I'm home, canceled all the tour dates, everything. And I'm like, okay, let's just be of service. Because for me, whenever there's a crisis, whenever there's something that's going on, it's immediate about being of service. It's not even about anything other than that. So I called the team and said, listen, we need to offer a global meditation every morning. People are going to need a place to come to where they can be heard, where they can be met, and where they can, most importantly of all, return to calm. Why? Because that up-levels our immunity. The more we're calm, the more we can make choices on behalf, behalf of ourselves, our families, our businesses, and the world at large. And so that's how it came into being. Right now, in the midst of everything that's going on, there's so much misinformation and there's so much polarization, right? This, this whole division that we're experiencing right now is reaching its pinnacle. And this is why it's more important that we revert back to our inner authority, that we come back to this place of peace and just make the most loving, peaceful decision that we can make as the next logical step, right? And people are dealing with hard things. What do I do with my business? You know, do I stay married? Right. Like all of a sudden, people are home now in their relationships for the first time, and they're actually with their spouses for an extended period of time. Right. So that's going on. Right. <laughs> then all of a sudden, kids. Right. I'm home with my kids. Whose children are these? Are these my children? What's going on? Right. So we're being You're describing re- my life right
0: now, Panash. I know. I, Jay, I
2: know. JP. I know. So, so, <laughs> so, so what's happening is we're being reintroduced to the reality of our life. Now, the question is, do you like the reality of your life are you actually do you resonate with the reality of your life, or have you just been so busy going through the motions that you haven 't taken the time to take a look at what 's honest and what 's real and what 's true and what actually serves you right mm-hmm. so so this is what we 're being confronted with the triggers were pre existing everything that 's going on right now is bringing all of it up, bringing it to the surface so that we can become aware of it and deal with it and mature I believe this is just time of growing up just maturing and once again being empowered in our own inner authority.
0: I think that's amazing. I think you know you nailed it on the head like I'm someone who travels quite a bit, you know, whether I'm going to your global gathering and teaching breathwork there, or doing my own trainings and teachings all over the place. And to spend this I haven't spent this long at home since I was probably 15 years old, right? And so and I've never spent this amount of time with my kids and my wife straight, at 6-7 months straight and it's been amazing like i i have such a deeper beautiful affection and intimacy with my kids that i didn't have and with my wife too we're getting on each other's nerves a little bit but we're also having those uncomfortable conversations those difficult conversations and working through it so that our communication is better than it's ever been and you know we're loving each other more than we've ever loved each other but the connection with my kids i mean I've lost a a fortune in money, but like, I don't think I'm ever going to get this time back where my kids are four and seven years old and I get to spend all this time with it. I don't know what kind of effect that that's going to have, what kind of butterfly effect that that's going to have on their life, like how that's going to change who they are. And I know Feldy tours a lot with his band. And so you're probably experiencing the same thing, right, Feldy?
1: yeah my kids are eleven and fourteen, so I mean it is it is i, I relate to and, and I loved what you just said i mean it 's just um, really I love listening to you. Wow, what an honor it is to have you here but um my my daughter wants i mean she 's picked up surfing, which is great because i 'm a surfer, and so she wants to go swimming every day after for five or six hours in the pool, and she wants me to come in and i 'm just like. I don't I mean my initial reaction is no I'm a grown up I don't want to go play in the pool I just that's not my you know first choice of what I want to do. I want to watch Jack Ryan. But I go in there and we have these amazing experiences with her. And I love what you shared about like this polarizing thing that's happening because I, you know, I, I use social media, media as a vehicle to push my own career. And it is what what is appropriate to kind of post, what's appropriate to put out there. And, you know, I've, I mean, to be honest, like I've been, there are moments during the day, I, I mean, because of this cancel culture that we're living in. Oh, here's my dog. My dog wanted to say hi. Um, <laughs> And and I've been looking at, I don't even want to say it out loud, but I've been looking at like Fox News, like it's porn. Like I just, just because I want to see what the other side is thinking. Like, you know what I mean? I'm looking at it just going, well, because it seems like there's one side that you can't really say anything. And then another side where you can say any fucking thing you want. And it's just like, And where do I, and I think a lot of people like me that are, you know, I'm 53 that, you know, are feeling not like I'm not, I'm, I'm central. I'm in this middle zone of how do I feel? And I can't share it out loud. I feel like there's something wrong with me for feeling some of these feelings I have.
2: You know what, is, bro i think we're all kind of in the middle because a lot of these ideas and these antiquated kind of notions that generations before us held on like we just don't have those anymore so we're, we're seeing the last vestige of this old world this old way of thinking this old way of being just collapsing around us and we're kind of in that in between uncomfortable phase you know it's like being that awkward teenager braces like yeah you know, you know you haven't quite come into the fullness of who you are you're still kind of discovering yourself i feel like that's where we are as a species like, humanity is like an awkward teenager with braces and, like, braids and whatever, and just not really, like, fully into the fullness of itself yet. And this is where this whole cancel culture and everything's going on right now is so prevalent because, first of all, like, love's never going to get cancelled. Like, you can always post love. <laughs> Empathy's never going to get cancelled. Compassion's never going to get cancelled, right? And here's the other thing that people have to get. We're never going to agree at the level of the mind. Like people believe what they believe and there's no convincing them of anything else. Don't even bother. But what we can do is love people. What we can do is find the humanity in one another and respect one another. And that's gonna be here. That's not going anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So with everything that's going on between COVID, between the, you know, the, 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 the civil unrest and, and all this stuff that's happening in the streets and you know all of this stuff that's going on is bringing up everything that we just need to take a look at collectively and deal with inside of ourselves. And so I wouldn't for one moment allow what's going on outside of you to censor you or edit you or limit your authentic expression in any way because the world needs it now more than ever, honestly. Because we can't just fall into these two camps and and, and continue to perpetuate this divisiveness, right? Where, you know, if, if you say one thing, then you're wrong and you're canceled. If you say this thing, then you're wrong, you can't. It's like, you can't just keep treading, you know, treading around all these subjects like at some point we have to know how people feel and it's okay to feel the way you feel i love you it doesn't change my love for you like it doesn't change my respect for you that's your opinion right Right. that's what you have to share so 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 this is the blessing of this time is like don't hide like just go for it like just just go for it just say it like just go for it and just say it just watch and just and, and and just let it ripple out there I found that I've
0: been posting things and no matter what I post, because some of the stuff I'll post will be considered one side. And some of the stuff I'll post will be considered the other side. And no matter what I post, people jump all over me and jump all over it. And I keep coming back to something you actually taught me, Panache, which is anger needs a target. Yeah, you I mean. taught that to me and it's stuck with me ever since. And it's like, people are angry right now and they need a target. And you post something on Facebook or wherever that they don't agree with. And that's their target. They're going for it. Yeah. And Feldy tells me all the time, and, and Matthew Perry and David Arquette are always telling me, stop reading the comments, stop reading the comments. But I can't help myself. I engage. And then I get into this. I, it's, it's my nature. to I have this, na- you know, this old. it's an old story is what it is. It's an old story. That, like, I, I can't let somebody just say that to me. You've crossed the line, and now I have to address it.
2: We're not in the streets anymore, JP. We're not in the streets, bro. <laughs> like, it's okay. The rules don't apply. We're dealing with civilians, bro. Like we're not in the streets anymore.
0: I know. Disrespect I know. has
2: a whole other vibe out here. Like, you know.
0: You're, you're 100% right.
2: Yeah. Just water off the back. The water is calm, JP. Just keep,
1: yeah, just part, let it part go. Part of it is, is how much like, how much medical science progressed during concentration camps under Nazi Germany. How much testing was done on humans. Horribly, horribly done on humans. And do we not use that now like methadone was created, like was, was discovered during Nazi rule in Germany. Do we not use it to treat people that are dying of cancer because it was created under such horrible, under such a horrible construct? Like, I mean, that's like, what is okay? Like if we're tearing down statues, don't we say this person did this thing for the country, but also was horrible in this way. Don't we do that? Or do we try and erase history from actually existing because they own slaves, like George Washington owned slaves. Do we? You're trying to erase him from history?
2: I feel like it's. I feel like it's slightly um, dangerous and treacherous to erase history. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, because you got to learn if, it, from it, right? Oh, well,
2: and here's the thing, too. Like, right? if we get rid of our history and we get rid of all of these flashpoints and evolutionary points that we've had from our past, how are we ever going to have a point of reference as to how to navigate moving forward? right like when you look at the it two it's, it's generational too. like when you look at kids that are like 20 years old you know and younger that race doesn't even exist to them gender doesn't even exist to them sexuality doesn't even exist to them these things that that, that we identify with as people in our 40s early 50s they don't even have anymore they're just fluid ev- with everything so naturally people are going to evolve and also people have to realize that A lot of these things that right now we're bumping up against and we're fighting against, 20 years from now, are going to have a different meaning entirely. People are just going to look at these things and think, what on earth? Like, Can you imagine a world where somebody would do that to another human being? So this is where it's interesting for me. I've been advocating on behalf of all of us coming together. In the morning meditations, I have religious people, I have LGBTQ people, I have Black Lives Matter people, I have Fox News people, I have CNN people. The whole world gathers together every morning at 9 a.m., and, and how that happens without it becoming an issue is that everyone's focused on peace. Everybody's coming together. They're putting aside their beliefs and they're focusing on the intention of why we're getting together. So what I've discovered is that if we're coming from this place of unification, all of these things right now that are flashpoints and that are issues will naturally neutralize themselves, right? They'll naturally neutralize themselves. We'll find an answer to what's going on. And also we'll discover what the greater agenda behind what's happening is. Because I've said this to a lot of people, don't let your emotions be co-opted by somebody else's agenda. I understand that people are angry, but don't let your anger become co-opted to make somebody else's point, right? Mm. So, so, so we're at a point now where it's kind of this day of reckoning, this collective window of reckoning. And we can't throw everything out. I think what we have to do is learn to love the best of who we are and to learn to nurture the rest of it along. Now, Darrell Davis is a great example of this. I don't know if you saw the Joe Rogan pod with Darrell Davis. So basically he's an African-American musician and he has now uh, liberated like about 300 people from the KKK, literally, like they've given him his card. And, and like, at first it was weird, but just him being a decent human being and being the, like the loving person that he is, all of a sudden these people realized that they were hating somebody that they didn't have to hate. Now, if we're just planting further seeds of division and we're just creating more distance between each other, how are we ever going to come together? So I think we have to get to a point where we realize that, listen, everyone's human. Everyone's going through something. Everybody's experiencing some challenge or some issue. How do we contribute to making the world a slightly softer, gentler place for people to land every day? And how do we continue to hold that space of unity? And I have to tell you, like it's working. You know, we've got over 11,000 people every day, you know, every morning from all over the world, right? Different religions, different, different beliefs. I mean, listen, you can't even get two spiritual people in the same room together under ordinary circumstances without them comparing their chakras to each other. Let's just keep it 100. So the fact that I have 11,000 people coming together in unity and in harmony, that's everything. But that shows you that people want to come together, right? There is a unifying principle, love, peace, whatever it is. And the more we emphasize that, the more we can bring these people into a room and the more we can shorten this, this perception of division that we're living inside of now. Just what I'm experiencing.
0: Well, we have a president, unfortunately, who is the most divisive president in history, I think, you know, I mean, he is not trying to unify the people in any way, shape or form. And whether you're a Trump supporter or not a Trump supporter, that's, That's my biggest issue with him is that he's not trying to unify the country. I mean, every president, whether they've been Democratic or Republican, I I don't really care for either side, but they've always tried to unify when they became president. And this guy is not trying to unify. And that's probably what's attracting a lot of people to your meditation is that need to be like, listen, I don't want to, I don't want to fight with my family. My family has some of my family's Trump supporters and I'm not, you know, and I'm fighting with my father about it. You know, I don't want to fight with my father about politics politics. I've never fought with my father about politics my entire life. We've got plenty of other stuff to fight about. We don't need to add another thing into the mix. Plenty of old stuff we can argue about. We don't need to add politics, but suddenly he's this huge Trump supporter and he's spitting out these crazy conspiracies that are not real in any way, shape or form. And it's really hard for me to deal with. And I can't, I can only bite my tongue for so long before I just go, no, no, that's, that's absolutely not true. What, what did I see the other day? Science doesn't care what you, um, you, know, you, you believe or what you're, what you're si- science is science, right? And it doesn't care what you, what you think, what your viewpoints are, it's gonna happen. I think the problem with these conspiracy theories is what
1: is the truth? And you know, we, we don't know because when they have this, mm. this number, this is how many COVID deaths have died. We don't know how many of those people were already dying. And I think that's the challenge that people have that are being controlled by the fear that the media is putting out there and how can we live without that fear? And look, last thing I want to do is give my mom COVID. Of course, that's the last thing I want to do. But conversely like when I'm running on the beach and there's two other people on the beach and I'm wearing a mask and people are like the one dude is like, where's your, and I'm not wearing one, where's your mask? I'm like, I'm 20 feet away from you and I'm at the beach. Like there has to be some balance of what is reality with this shit, you know?
2: Yeah, and and the thing is, right, that everyone's reality with this shit is whatever they're bringing to the party. That's the thing here, right? There's no actual reality with this. This is the first time in human history where there hasn't been any absolute clarity around what is going on. And there's nothing worse than that. Everyone's left (laughs) left it up to their own interpretation of what's going on. Like I'm in Tennessee, you're supposed to wear a mask, Nobody's wearing masks. no masks. Mm-mm. No masks. Like you have to wear them before we go into Whole Foods. That's it. That's about it. And you have to wear one when you walk into a restaurant, you see it. you take up. No masks, nothing. So so it, it's a very interesting world that we're living in, right? But I think what's happening is that people are beginning to be turned back within themselves. I don't think that we can... I, I, honestly, I think that we could never rely on anything outside of us. I think at some point we had to start waking up to being personally empowered and advocating on behalf of what we feel is best for us that's the great thing about this country it's the great thing about this country people should be able to advocate on behalf of what makes them feel peaceful what's best for them now as long as that's within the boundaries of the law and as long as we're following guidelines and principles there's nothing wrong with that but at some point it's like people have to come back to themselves they have to come back to their own truth and they have to start following that And it's a part of this kind of awakening that's going on right now. And this awakening is very different than being woke. I'm not talking about something that someone in Brooklyn does because they're a hipster and they, you know, avocado toast, right? I'm talking about waking up to the truth that who we are at our essence is this truly loving being, right? That who we really are is this truly loving being, this loving essence. And all this stuff's just been superimposed over us. And this is an amazing opportunity to get back to that we're also realizing that all these carrots that have been dangled in front of us of fame and money and success and all these things that we've been chasing, don't actually mean very much of anything. Right? Like our kids couldn't care less about any of that stuff. They care about how much time we spend with them, how much attention we're giving them, right? And we're realizing this. So at some point, it's like we have to pivot back to what's real, what's important, and what we have some influence over. And guess what we have influence over our state of being and we have influence over what happens in our home and that's about it and that's about it whatever's going on in the world is going on in the world and i agree with you felry like basically you know we're dealing with a, a, a system right now that is just it's not making any sense like nothing is making any sense but when it doesn't make sense don't try and make sense of it just pivot back to what feels peaceful right pivot back to what's feels what feels peaceful because otherwise you're just going to be stuck in this fight or flight all you're going to do is, is be having this position about life and about what's going on with COVID and what isn't going on with COVID. And it's just going to agitate who you are, mess with your blood pressure, mess with your state of being, and it's not going to serve you, right? So at some point we have to disconnect from it. So I, uh, I appreciate the uh, Fox News espionage that you are conducting <laughs> right now, my brother. But, but at some point, you know what? Like, I love you. Like, just switch it off. Yeah. Like, step away from that screen
1: as per your, the idea here <laughs> that we're not trying to, I mean, I'm not trying to have a heart attack or create any stress around my house that's mm-hmm. unnecessary. And I did want to comment like the idea that like, cause I, I, waffle back and forth. Like I have a very successful life and I have, I have money and i and i grew up without i grew up in a middle class lower middle class house and and when i moved out i had nothing i was super super broke and and i've been so i've been broke and i've been rich and i'll take rich any day because i get to put my kids through private school who's got learning differences i get to um take my kids on vacations they'll never forget but then what is the stress level that i've got to keep up yeah. in order to keep this lifestyle going like in the balance of, of that whole yeah, thing man. like if I you know would I be a better father if I wasn't working so much you know would that be better and so I waffle a lot between those two ideas and I love look I love what you said that my kids just want to spend time with me and, and look I wish and you know, my kid my, my son's up there playing Fortnite right now my I'm grateful I get to afford the Xbox one that he gets to play Fortnite on yeah. But conversely, would he have a better life if he didn't even know it existed, if, if it just was something he couldn't have? You know, I don't know.
2: Well, first of all, I just want to reach to the screen and just hug you right now, because you just articulated, I think, the epitome of the issue of all issues that we're dealing with right now in the world. It's it's what is it that we actually need? Where does our value come from? How do we define what a good life is, right? And, and I think that we're in the middle of this re-evaluation because... I don't think it's about money. Like JP and I have met a lot of people that have a lot of money, bro, and they don't have a lot of peace in their lives, right? So money alone isn't necessarily the determining factor, but it's the degree to which you're aware of yourself. You're able to navigate your life. You're able to you know, bring every other area of your life along. Okay. And I think that ultimately what we're realizing through this time is that, yeah, we have, we, we've all worked hard. We've all done well for ourselves. Like we've all overcome our circumstance and our situation. Right. We've all been able to to move forward and to and to look in the mirror and to say, wow, you know what? I did that. But at the same time, it's like, is that really our value? Like, are we really just units of production and consumption? Because as someone that used to be on that hamster wheel. Right. And I was on that hamster wheel like every other person is on that hamster wheel. I can tell you that all you do is you become a a better unit of production and you just become a five star consumer. That's all it is. You're never going to run out of things to buy. You're never going to run out of vacations to go on. You're never going to run out of experiences to have, right? Now, here's what I've been saying to people. There's a version of life and living that's the right size life for you. Now, what is the right size life for you? It's the life that you can live without stress, upset, and overwhelm. If you can have what you have without being stressed, upset, or overwhelmed, have at it. Good for you. But you know what? If you're waking up stressed out, upset, and overwhelmed every day in order to maintain what you have, you're out of harmony. There's a fundamental disconnect between you and your reality. So that's that's what I've discovered as something that's helpful.
1: Yeah. Hey, ba- hey babe, we're moving to uh, that bridge under, under Santa Monica. Sorry, we're selling the house. Actually, yeah, what
2: you're doing is you're getting out of California because we <laughs> love you. <laughs>
0: Well, that's the, that's the other side of it too. Like my wife would, we have a big house now and I think she would like a probably a bigger house. I don't know. But I mean, I, I have discovered, right. I'm doing great with these online courses and my class on Sunday mornings yeah. that I'm doing. And I don't, I barely even have to work now. And what I discovered in this whole process is not being able to go do my live classes and my live trainings, I'm missing that sense of purpose, that sense of connection. Mm -hmm. When 200 people line up to hug me after a class, you've been there, Pranash. You've seen it. You're one of those people. When 200 people line up to hug me and there is something energetically that goes inside of me that I love, that I need, that I didn't know I needed until I couldn't get it anymore. Right. And I was, I used to be like, Oh God, all these sweaty people are hugging me now or right? <laughs> like after breath work. And now I'm like, God, I would give anything for 200 sweaty hugs. You're missing knew- that.
2: You're, you're missing being slimed by a new ager, aren't you JP? Just be honest. You're missing the smell of patchouli That's on I miss- you after breath work. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I miss I the human connection is what I miss. And I, I think know. I said to my wife the other day, I said, God, I'm spending more time on my phone than I've ever spent in my life. And I think it's I'm, I'm, I'm looking for that connection. I'm yeah. trying to feel that connectedness. Because in the end, yeah. I mean, that's really all we're seeking. I'm getting it with my wife and I'm getting it with my kids, but I miss the other people. I love helping yeah. people because it gives me that fulfillment. It fills me up with purpose. It fills yeah. me up with a am doing good work on this planet. It's not just about the money. It's about doing good work on this planet. It's about helping people. I thought it was about the money. I would love a sports car. I would love a supercar, but that's not gonna fix me. I already okay. know that.
1: It works for about um it does 30 for 30 me, days. it lasts about fifty days. It's about a fifty <laughs> day fix. When I had my Aston Martin man, that was like
0: I wish like, I could rent an Aston Martin for fifty days. Like you just can. fifty days? Yeah. Just go get, one just, just
2: get it out of your system, bro, and just be done with it. Anyway. That way, like when you drop your Ferrari off at the garage and they have to service it, which means they're basically just going to go and drive it because you can't even really drive it. So they go and drive it for you, go and rip it a little bit and bring it back to you. Oh, it's as good as new now, Mr. Desai. Congratulations. You park it back in the garage. So, so I think that there's, again, right, what you're saying is so important because the connection piece. So I have a theory. I have a feeling that we have so much pent up energy and demand right now as a result of all of this self-isolation, self-quarantine, that we're going to have some version of the roaring 20s again, where people are just going to cut loose. Like every single person, once they get beyond this COVID thing, is just going to cut loose. So I don't think that we're going to stay the way that we are forever. I happen to believe at some point that live events will come back, that that connection is going to come back because connection is so important for people. It's like the most important thing right? It's why you make music. It's why you know, I'm doing my meditation, it's why you breathe, right? It's why everyone's doing what they're doing for that sense of connection. And so it's my sense. My sense is we're, we're going to get back into, this is going to be the roaring twenties all over again. And people are just going to get out there. They're going to get out there. They're going to get out there again and just make the most of everything of every single thing.
1: Yeah, the thing, the thing that I get when one of my friends are saying, oh, they're having these, you know, COVID parties, A, to get out and, and cut loose, and B, like some of them are having it so they can actually contract COVID so they won't, they can get out of their system, like some of these parties, which it sounds, saying out loud, it sounds so ridiculous, but if I was 19 living in Florida or, or where I am in Los Angeles, if I, if I was 20 years old and being stuck in the house for five months, four months now, like I, I couldn't imagine – I just couldn't imagine it being forced to have that on me. Like I would be out, I would be out there t- want, needing to socialize. When I write a song and I get that one moment where I get those the goosebumps, I don't get that when I'm doing a Zoom call writing a song. It doesn't happen. I have to be in the room with their spirit. I have to be with another person to feel that, you know? And I, I play shows for a living. I'm every band that I work with tours and to have that taken away from them, It's so challenging watching these big political rallies be able to happen, but we have to be forced to drive in shows where you sit in your car and you watch a concert from your car. That's what we're being forced to do.
2: Yeah, And and it's a weird vibe too. Like I went to one of those concerts, Live Nation's trying to save its business right now. Mm -hmm. So we're doing these carpool kind of uh, concerts and people are tailgating next to the car. Strange vibe. Like it's, it's, people aren't up against the stage. Like you're not, it's a weird energy. It's, it's, it's not quite translating, like you could really just honestly just be at home watching something on TV. So anyway, I think they're going to have to work on that format a little bit to get back to it. But no, I feel you, I think it's, it's, it's all about energy. It's all about an exchange of energies, right? Like It's all about being of service, adding value, helping people, loving people, basically, and having an exchange at the level of the human heart. And that's really what all three of us do, is create opportunities to receive that. And when you get that, when you get that, that's really what it's about becomes easy because then at that point you really know yourself well enough to know what's driving you, right? And what's driving you isn't what's driving everybody else. There's a different fuel that's driving you. The currency is different, right? You don't compromise who you are in order to have something at that point because you understand that you have value inherently in who you are. So I think this is all in all just been an amazing time for all of us, like in our own way. And, uh, it's going to come back. It's going to come back sooner than most people think, and and I think that um, you'll begin to see the world start to return to some rhythm and some cadence again shortly. I have a feeling. I just have this sense that something is going to happen where this whole thing is just going to. It's going to become a memory in our minds. Like in some way, shape or form, every crisis that we've gone through before has just become some distant memory in our minds. Do you think that's
0: November 3rd, Election Day, that it's all going to just go away? You know, bro, (laughs) honestly,
2: well, I don't know about November 3rd, but I feel like eventually the truth has to come out, right? Whatever this truth is that's bubbling under the surface, at some point, it has to come out right? It, I mean, at some point, it has to come out, like, whatever this reality that we're living inside of actually is, it has to emerge, right? Somebody at some point is going to see the truth of what is happening here, right? Was it all just a hoax? Was it actually just a, a f- f- manipulation on a massive global scale, right? Is it? Is it uh, something that's planned out 20 years in the making that we're now living out to expose aspects of the government right at some point the truth has to emerge in this space and i feel like it's going to happen and it has to happen before the election whatever the truth is it's got to come out before the election because it, it, people need to know what this is what what's really going on here to in order to be able to make an informed decision in november in the absence of that truth coming out and that awareness being you know, kind of cultivating people how are they going to even be able to make an accurate decision at the polls in november there's no way there's no way so i i have a feeling before november the third i'm not a psychic <laughs> just a feeling there's going to be something that happens freaking alien the aliens the aliens bro something something that this, this is what we're waiting for we're just waiting for the aliens we're just waiting for the ships god damn it the pentagon already released the 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 information that ufos are real something like something is going to happen before november the third and humanity is just going to be like oh shit, that's what it was about
0: god if the aliens came down here they would be so disappointed if they were intelligent enough to meet to, to make it all the way here and to, to create spacecraft that can travel through time and space and then we show them our leader, our current leader. It would be just horrible. After watching that interview the other day, I was just like, oh my God, you can't, it's, it's just painful. it's painful to watch. It's painful to be a part of. And my wife is Canadian. So I've considered like moving to Canada. I've honestly considered that. I'm like, if, if you know, Trump gets reelected, we might go to Canada. I, I don't know. I like Canadians, they're good people. I, I, could, I could learn that anthem pretty quick.
2: And I'm you might have to move. Soon enough, Canada's going to own the country anyway, bro. Trudeau's <laughs> working on the master plan already. Canada and Mexico are planning like a merger. They're going to take over. Soon enough, this is going to be Canada. Where are you? Oregon? It's already Canada. You're already close. That's I it. know. It's <laughs> 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 <friendly laughs> Canada already. Oh my. I
1: guess that's the debate that we're talking about earlier is how much stress do I want to add on to my life already with two kids and and a wife and all and the mortgage and all that stuff like mm-hmm. when i look at this kind of information it just there's and we're, information that i can't control that i can't do anything about like why mm-hmm. am i putting that on on myself and my, my parents you know my, my my mother has her opinions and my wife's mother has very different opinions but how has it really affected my life because like like you you talked about earlier, it's an inside job, yeah. you know, and if I'm taking care of myself, if I'm taking care of myself physically, if I'm not putting a bunch of McDonald's into my body, and I'm meditating, I'm working out I'm taking care of myself. And I have that, if I have a sense of self that I love who I am, and that I'm, that I'm doing real work to love who I am, then all that other stuff doesn't really matter. And I don't really have any interest in getting in debates. And sure, I've got opinions, everyone's got opinions. But I mean, I, I love meditation being the kind of driving conversation in this call because, you know, meditation's changed my life. It's just dulled all that outside stress down. And it's been able to, instead of responding, you know, or reacting to things, I'm able to respond. And I'm not, I, I don't, when I get that crazy email, I don't have to immediately start, you know, just reacting and sending that negativity back out in the world because it doesn't work for me, you know, I wish I could help. maybe I can help my mother-in-law in in some way. She's she's got no interest in working out or meditating, but um, you know, maybe there is some way. And I do love my mother-in-law and I tell her I love her and I do put that energy out there. But um, yeah, it's it's great that we're having this conversation.
2: Yeah, and I I love what you said because I think ultimately what is meditation, right? Meditation is cultivating the ability to observe yourself without judgment. That's really what it is. You're observing the mind without judging it. You're welcoming your feelings You're welcoming your thoughts, you're welcoming whatever's going on at the level of the body. So really meditation is an entry point into how we're able to observe reality without being overwhelmed by it or overtaken by it. And it's how we create this anchor point inside of us that we can come back to over and over and over again. One of the things I've loved is that I realized that meditation in its very static form wasn't really helping people. So I made it slightly more dynamic by supporting people in remembering that peace and meditative states are available to us all the time. So living breath awareness is simply resting in the awareness of our breath. Why? Because naturally our breath is happening in each moment. Regardless of what TV station you're watching, you can become aware of the fact that you're breathing, come back to that place of calm. Whatever's going on in your life, your breath is always with you. It's a naturally occurring mantra. And so every morning I've been having people connect with the awareness of that which is naturally occurring in the moment and supporting them in moving through one of the most unprecedented times, because when you don't have any certainty outside of you, peace becomes your place of certainty within you, right? Once you empower that peace to be your North Star, every decision becomes an extension of that state of being. Is this gonna create more peace in my life or is this gonna detract from the peace that I have, right? And eventually you get to a point where you realize that peace is the only real commodity, And I think that's what we're all realizing now more than any other time. And then at that point, you're not going to compromise your peace for anything or anyone because actually it's our natural state of being. And so it's been phenomenal to give people an entry point into a meditative practice that's off the, out of the meditation room and off that meditation mat where they find their 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the evening. How do we turn that into our life? How do we translate that into our lifestyle? And it's almost gotten to a point, guys, where people have felt bad that they're not feeling worse going through this pandemic. Like I'm getting emails every day, You know, my family's losing its mind, and people are arguing with each other, stuff going on all over the world, but yet I'm able to navigate this time peacefully. Like I know because of the peace that I have inside of me that I'm gonna be okay, right? So that's really the blessing. And that's the gift that we have here, right? All three of us have found our way to connect with that mode, that medium, and that state of being that we know is conscious, that's, that's furthering life, right, that's furthering the momentum of who we are, right? And that's completely separate, apart, and different than whatever's playing out out here. And that's freedom. That's freedom. Freedom is the ability to, 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 to be able to produce and create at the level of feeling how you want to feel to produce and create the level of the mind, how you want to think what you want to believe in, to produce at the level of the body, the experience at the physical level that you wish to live inside of. And this is, this is why this is such a powerful time because people are moving more and more back towards themselves. They're moving more and more back toward that certainty that they can only find within themselves from that state of connection. And so it's, it's wild out there, but it's peaceful in here. And, and that's, that's the Vedas. And that's basically the essence of spiritual teaching. I've, I mean,
1: to some transcendental meditation, I have a mantra that I, and I had a, um, a teacher that taught me um, 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon. What do you say to people that say, well, you know, running is my meditation or surfing is my meditation. Do you have an opinion about that kind of stuff?
2: Running is your meditation. Surfing is your meditation. Whatever you do that puts you in the moment and that takes you out of your mind, right? This, this mind that you've empowered, right? That you have a mind, but you're not your mind. You have feelings, but you're not your feelings. You have a body, but it's on consignment, right? So we have these things, yes, but who are we really? Who we really are is awareness. Who we really are is awareness. So when we're running, running becomes like a meditation because after a while, like you're in that rhythm of running and it's like your two eyeballs floating down the beach, right? Or floating down the road. You're not, you're in the zone, right? You're in this place where there's no stress. You're you're able to relax into the rhythm and the cadence of running and it becomes your meditation. So every activity in life is an entry point into peace. It's just that we don't use life as our spiritual jungle gym. Yeah. Right? Like we, we, we think we need a fixed practice in order to become peaceful when really everything is that, like everything in life leads you back to the peace
0: that you are. So with that said, you can just, if you're playing with your kids, if you're spending that time with your daughter in the pool, that becomes your meditation. If you're fully present, if you're fully in that moment, I love what you just said, except the part where you were talking about you were using breathing in the meditation. I feel like that's my lane and you should stay Over. in your own lane.
2: Listen, but <laughs> I had it. I spoke to your people. There's some some money in a brown bag coming in your direction for using that. <laughs> no, term. listen,
0: every incredible teacher in the world uses the breath because yeah. the breath is the ultimate tool to get you present in that moment. If we just focus on our breath, we can get right into that moment. And that's the anchor so many times. I feel so lucky that before this whole thing happened, you you know someone told me to step up my meditation and i did and i think it's been saving my life throughout this whole thing and then one of my teachers told me don't just sit in the corner that's and think that's not meditating bring it into your life bring it into your when you when you're with your children bring it into when you're walking outside in the woods and you're looking at the tree and you're not, the tree is not reflecting anything back to me at all. It's just a tree. Whereas if I get on Facebook, it's reflecting all this stuff back to me and it's triggering all this stuff inside of me, right? That's unresolved. That needs that target. But the tree isn't going to do that. Just staring at the tree. All I'm doing is staring at this amazing thing, this tree. And that I've been doing that lately and that's been saving my bacon. I swear to God. My
1: my mom uses Facebook, John Paul. I don't know why you're still on that thing. It just feels like a a thing that people use just to throw their political views out there and to get into arguments.
0: I'll tell you why I'm on it. I'm on it because that's where like so many people are finding my breathwork class online through Facebook and Instagram. You'll have an assistant? No, I don't have an assistant anymore. So I I had an assistant who was handling it all and it was great. I literally posted the other day that I said, you know, I've decided to stop trying to not argue on Facebook, and I'm just going to argue on here in a balanced schedule. I'm going to argue on here on Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 2 to 4, and and I'm just going to have a balanced schedule of arguing on Facebook. And my cousin, who's hilarious, he said, well, dude, I don't think that doesn't fit with my schedule. I'm family. And I said, well, listen, I will always make an exception for family. I will argue with you anytime you want. (laughs)
1: I try and live. With, I f- try and live with the mantra: we ceased fighting anything and anyone. Because for me, like you said, Panache, like any, my serenity is invaluable. Oh yeah. It's, there's nothing that's more important than my serenity. If I'm not serene, I'm going to fuck up business decisions. I'm going to mess up my kids, my, like, like my kids are going to be, uh, you know, stressed. I mean, the whole thing, it just becomes overwhelming, you know? I mean, I, I guess the meditation thing, because I run and I do breath work and I swim. You know, there's something about sitting quietly and saying a mantra that I get the results that I get, are much different than when I go running. It's a very different sort of thing for me. And like when most people surf in Los Angeles, you're dealing with a bunch of angry locals or waves that aren't so great. And 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 there's all sorts of stuff that take you out of the actual, you know, 10 seconds of surfing, which you're doing every half hour, you know, where meditation like, and it's like my 20 minutes, I probably get, you know, a total of maybe four minutes of complete bliss when I'm actually not, you know having other thoughts that are traveling through my head but I mean at least for me when people tell me like surfing is my meditation for me I I think that's well it's surfing you're not meditating and for me meditation is the act of setting aside time with it you know my, my timer on my phone and sitting there quietly without interruption for 20 minutes that is my version and I'm not trying to take that away from anybody but you know for me it's just different results yeah, before, we're doing Before Panache dives
0: into this, sorry, Panache, mm-hmm. before yeah. you dive into this, I, I think that you're strengthening a muscle when you actually sit there and it's uncomfortable. That's what I've discovered. When I sit there and it's uncomfortable and I've learned to sit in my discomfort, because surfing is not uncomfortable. Surfing is a, a fun activity. But when I learn to sit in my discomfort and not move, to literally just not move and be like, no, I'm going to sit here through my discomfort. I'm strengthening a muscle in me that is gonna be useful in other areas of my life. Would you agree with that, Panache, or what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think so, because basically, what are we struggling with? We're struggling with our emotions, we're struggling with our mind, we're struggling with discomfort at the level of the physical body. And so the more we're able to eliminate our humanity from the equation of life and living, the more empowered we are, right? And I've also discovered that now humanity is a doorway to our divinity, that universal love. And so, living in the acceptance of ourselves, the level of our humanity is an entry point into a greater experience, this unified field that we access, right, in peak states, peak moments of meditation. Those moments, though, are always available. So, it's like in New Thought, they always, you know, take these acronyms like ego is edging God out, right? Well, how can you ever edge God out? God is omnipresent and omniscient. Just sit down, right? What are you talking about? God is everything, right? So, what's missing? Your awareness is what's missing. In those moments, you're not aware that you're a divine being, that you're love. You're not aware that somebody else is a divine being in their love. And so when you live life with the intentionality or the awareness to make your life a meditation, what you'll begin to notice is that you start to access the state of being called Samadhi. And this state of being called Samadhi is an absorption into the essential self. It's the end result, the end product of meditation. But what you'll discover is that actually what you are entering in those moments of peak state, they're actually your natural state of being. It's actually natural to you. This is how much we've been conditioned out of our natural state. So Samadhi, the state of union, which is really what yoga means, is available to everybody in pranayama, breathwork, meditation, hatha yoga, all of these different forms, as long as they're still connected to some lineage or some some authentic element, are guiding people toward that. Right? Even if you're doing beer yoga and goat yoga, you're still getting the benefits of of doing the yogic exercise, right? Now, maybe not quite the same benefits, different benefits, but nonetheless, it's an entry point, right? So the point is this, we all have our mode and methodology and everyone's mode and methodology is appropriate for them. Sitting still, taking the time to have that intentionality, to have that space like we do every morning is great because you're there for that purpose and that reason. And there's a collective shared experience of everybody being there for that purpose and that expression. And that allows you to enter this state of samadhi. And so, um, yeah, I just, for me, I'm just grateful that anybody wants to be present in the modern world.
0: Yeah, I think, listen, you're doing an amazing job of taking people and putting them on the track. And you are one of the most inspirational people I've ever met in my life. Every time I talk to you or see you or hear you, it's incredible. It gives me this great feeling. And my mother, I had posted something of yours on my Facebook page. This is why Facebook can be great, Feldy. I had posted uh, one of Panache's things on my Facebook page and my mother called me up and she said, I watched that guy's video. And it just gave me such a sense uh-huh. of calm and peace and made me feel like everything was going to be okay. And I, to hear my mother say that made me feel so good. Uh-huh. And so you, you connect with people on this level in a way that calms them down and and lets them know that everything is going to be okay, that they are yeah. safe, and that and that we're all fine, and that we're you know that 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 God or love is just residing inside of us, and we just need to take the time to connect to that. So to anyone listening to this podcast, please go check out Panash's meditations in the morning. They're amazing. They'll change your life. Panash, I want to thank you so much for coming on here today. It's been a, it's been like. I was so excited because I knew you were gonna I'm inspired now as I always am whenever I talk to you. So thank you so much for coming on here. Yeah,
1: thank you were great. incredible. Thank you. This is my probably my favorite one. Yeah. I love loved Aww.
2: it. Uh, yeah. it's great to spend time with you both. And uh, thank you both for having me on and and just as much as possible, you know, just like make every choice based in how you want to feel. Mm make every choice based in how you want to feel. If you start from peace, you'll end up in peace. And then all of a sudden your life will become a complete reflection of that level of feeling and being in every moment.
0: Yeah, make, oh, that's so good. You said something else to me too, is like how it starts is how it ends, right? And I've made some choices because of that statement that you made where I, I've decided to not work with certain people that because it just started really difficult and it, it, it's, and other people I have, you know, it's just like, it's it's been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on today.
2: Uh, thank you both. Thank All you. Right.
0: Much love brother.